In a world filled with movies, it can be hard to choose just one to watch. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I asked first. Come on. What do you want to watch? No. What do you want to watch? What do you want to watch, Patrick? What do you Where even narrowing watch? down a you genre can be a struggle. How about we watch a drama? Too many emotions. Okay, then how about we watch an action film? Too many explosions. I know, I know. Let's watch a horror movie. Oh, uh, Dad, just do an interview already. Welcome, everybody, to the Diecast Movie Podcast, where this episode we have a special interview brought to you by my dad. Take it away, Dad. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast. Uh, today, I'm going to be doing an interview with Linda Jo Miller. Most of you know her from King Kong Escapes and also The Green Slime. And, um, She's, but she does a lot of other things besides that. How are you doing today, Linda? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. We're recording this um, in the beginning of March. And uh, for a lot of people, we're getting hopefully through winter. I know you're really looking forward to the next season to get out of the cold. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> I, You know, I'm not. Uh, I like it when it snows and then goes away but I don't like it when it snows and then stays cold. I, I, you know, I've had enough of it. I'm ready for, I'm ready for spring. Which will be here sooner than we think. And then, you know, and after that we get the, the summers and all the other fun stuff, but spring is just around the bend. Yeah. Then you get, then you get the heat and you say, Oh my God, when's it going to be fall? <laughs> so it won't be so hot. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you and I are similar in that. I think, Except I like winter. I know you don't care for winter. I like every season but summer. Summer is the one season that uh, I, I just don't like it, as you said. I don't like it when it gets extremely hot. But for three quarters of the year, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm okay with winter. You know, I like it for a period. But then I like it to just get out and go away. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I guess you would like it if winter was just maybe a month long and be like, okay, good. We got our white Christmas. Boom. Let's yeah. just move on. <laughs> yeah. So like start with Halloween until the first week in January and I'd be fine. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask before we get into the interview, I wanted to ask you about, about your interview, about your career movies that you enjoyed when you were growing up, uh, what were some of the things that, that drew you in as a youngster? I remember going to the drive-in with my parents and seeing the Ten Commandments. And that movie just really had an impact on me. Um, it, you know, it just was so big. And I, <laughs> I remember coming home from seeing the movie and I thought I wanted to be a nun, you know, and I think I was about in fourth grade. What are you about 10 years old in fourth grade? So that movie had a tremendous impact on me. And um, I didn't think of what, oh, uh, my dad liked scary movies. Mm -hmm. And I can remember as a little girl watching The Thing and being terrified by it, you know, and the creature from the Black Lagoon and, uh, you know, and Frankenstein. Oh, my gosh. that That used to be on TV a lot. And so those, those movies uh, are what I remember. I don't remember anything wonderful except Gone with the Wind, uh, The Ten Commandments. Um, and then in my teenage years, The Summer Place, 
with Sandra D and Troy Donahue. You are you too young for that? No, I've, I've seen that. I've, I've seen that on TV yeah. back when I was yeah. um, I was a boy. You know, I saw that. I, I'm unusual. When I was a young child, I would watch uh-huh. a lot of um, older movies when they would show up on um, like the Sunday yeah. afternoon movie show or whatever. I'd tune in to watch some yeah. of those. So, so I had a lot of exposure to different genres. Yeah, yeah. I John Garfield. I mean, that's going way back when I would watch him on TV when it was just in black and white. I thought John Garfield was so handsome and um, golly gee, Oh, psycho. I saw psycho when I was in junior high and that terrified me for a long time. Um, I'm curious. I never got, I never, when I I saw psycho, it was on TV obviously. And, but what was it like in the Uh audience seeing psycho when it was, Brand new. I mean, because I know you said it terrified you, but what was it like in the crowd, the, the whole audience, the impact of that movie? That That's something I can never experience. It, it, yeah, it. Well, I did see it at the theater. And, um, you know, people would gasp or not scream, but they would gasp and, you know, make noises all at the same time because uh, we weren't used to such shocking scenes back then as you are now. So it like really jarred you, you know, when I remember when, when, uh, uh, oh God, what was it, what's the actor's name that played the, the guy that's anyway, Anthony Perkins. he was Anthony Perkins, when he was dressed up like his mother in the rocking chair and then he turned around, oh my God, I about fell out of my seat <laughs> and I went with a bunch of my friends and we had to walk home in the dark <laughs> we were all we were all like huddled together you know just in one unit walking up the street it was it was a scary scary movie did yeah, you, i remember that did you take a shower the very next day <laughs> no in fact even to this day if i buy a shower curtain i have to be able to see through it i don't want a shower curtain i can't see through it just because that image is implanted you know it's embedded in my brain and uh yeah so i have to be able to see out when i'm taking a shower i don't care if somebody sees me as long as i get to see out you know <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, that's the, yeah it had an impact i'll say yeah. it did yeah it's, and that's and that's the thing i think like we you know a lot of us get to see certain films when they come right out and we get that same impact when i talk to my children they see them on dvd and i'll talk about being in the theater seeing it and and uh-huh. it's, it's a different experience when you're at home as compared to when you're with oh, a couple yeah. hundred other people oh, yeah. watching and all going ooh ah and and, and and laughing and crying all at the same time mhm and the screen is so big and it just like absorbs you into it uh, and you, you, you really uh, are a part of, well, at least I am, you really are a part of it. And, and uh, it, you, you just can't beat going to the theater and seeing a good movie. I don't care. You know, I've seen all of those movies on TV, um, you know, even with the big screen at home, you know, we've got these big TV sets. It's just not the same, you know, because you've got that collective fear or that collective joy or whatever the theme is going on. And it's just, you just feed off of everybody. Oh, I agree. It, 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 it's the hardest thing for me sometimes to do is to watch a movie when I'm totally by myself, you know, and it's just, 
Because like you want somebody else to be oh, there with you that you can that. bounce it off back and forward, you know, and, and oh. at the, especially at the end of the movie. But when, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you just, I don't mind it as much if it's a movie I've seen before, but it's like a first time viewing. I like to uh-huh. see it with other people. Well, it, see, we're different that way. I like to go to the movie by myself. I, I'm, you know, I'll go with friends and all that, but if I want to go to the movie and no one's there to go with me, I'll go by myself. Then I'm, nobody disturbs me. I can just really get into it because I like a movie that kind of takes me away. And I used to have this boyfriend a long time ago. We go to the movie and he talk. I get so mad at him. You know, I said, would you please just not talk during the movie? Because I like that whole experience of, of, of just being activated by the, the film. So I'm, I'm cool with going to the movie by myself. Oh, I'm talking about going to the movie by myself. I was meaning like at home, watching a movie by myself at home. Because my theory is when you go to the movie theater, you're never by yourself. You know, you got the other people in the audience there with you. And you get that experience. That's, I, that's true. That's but, true. But having said that, there's twice I've gone to the movies where I was the only one in the movie theater. And, you know, but yeah, that, that's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the yeah. way it happened. Yeah. Like you had a private screening of the movie. <laughs> yeah, one of the last time it happened to me was um, Alien Covenant, and um, it, it, you know, you get in there, you oh. look, and there's like, oh, there's, there's nobody else here with me. Uh, you know, it's a private screening. <laughs> you, you know, I went. I remember I was living in Pasadena at the time, and Alien came out, and right in the very, you know, beginning, uh, not the beginning, but close to the beginning, when that thing popped out of her stomach. You know, the alien, I couldn't take it. I got it locked out. <laughs> it was so disturbing to me, you know, and, and shocking to me. I just, I had to leave. So I've never seen the movie. I've only seen it up to that scene where whoever it is, it's not oh, her, but it's somebody laying the, on the, chest, the table. When it burst out the chest? Yes. Yeah, yes, that was John yes. Hurt. That was John oh, Hurt that happened to. He was the one that got Oh, the- that grossed me out so bad. I just. I was, I was with a date. I said, I'm leaving, you know, <laughs> so he, <laughs> you want to stay, you can stay, but I'm leaving. Yeah. And I never walk out of movies. I, I will sit through the worst movies just in the hopes it might pick up, you know, but that one, that one got to me, that grossed me out. And I, I could never watch like the Halloween movies or, um, uh, what is it? Horror on Elm Street? No. Nightmare. Oh, whatever. Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street or, or whatever. Any, though, I, I don't like slasher movies or where people getting cut up. I, I don't like those. I, I like psychological movies. I like the ones that are psychological too. And though I don't mind the slasher films, the, the ones I, that, that are in the genre, I don't like those, um, movies that are like, um, where, where they're torturing the people just for the sake of torturing them. Yeah, that that yeah. It, it, it has. I, I really, I'm not into those at all. So it's yeah, and because um, yeah. it has to, have, it, it has to have some kind of point to it in the movie. And if it, if, if yes. it did, then yeah. I can mm-hmm. I can go with it. But if it's just gore for the sake of gore, um, I'm, I'll pass on. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I'm the same way. But yeah, I was gonna say because some of the two of the movies that you mentioned seeing in the when you were growing up, the thing from another planet, um, which is a mm-hmm. classic, one of my favorites. And you said the creature from the black lagoon, both are those classic horror ones. 
that don't need all that gore mm-hmm. in order to put you mm-hmm. into that adrenaline rush into, into that mood and both came out in the 50s yes and, are, and are, mm-hmm. i consider them classics i mean everybody has a different opinion but yeah. um, i love those two movies yeah. yeah yeah i don't remember hardly anything about them i just remember being terrified by the thing and then my dad my dad was so bad he was he was funny he would start walking around like the thing just to scare me you know my mother would get so mad. You're terrorizing your own child. You know, you thought it was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> he was funny. He was a great guy. Um, I, I did something similar to my youngest son a few years ago. He, he doesn't like scary movies at all. And, and uh-huh. so I, I, I played to him the Halloween theme for the movie mm-hmm. Halloween. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, stop that, stop that. I'm like, you know, it's like, and I was making up stuff. This is going to happen. And he says, oh, don't do that. And I said, oh, just worry. I'll just play it again around your door at two or three in the morning, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> That's cruel, Dad. <laughs> he said he didn't sleep well for two nights just because I, I told him, I, I did that one time. And did that. So, so I think your dad and I were kind of similar in, in our uh-huh. um, um, jokes, our jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my dad told me when I was a little girl that the reason uh, uh, skin divers and skin divers is because they were born with webbed feet. And I believed him for the longest time. He used to tell me all kinds of stuff. So, and and I, uh, he just was very funny, you know. I'm um, sure he, yeah, you because know, I was so gullible. I was a little girl. My daddy said it, so it must be true. <laughs> and, and this is well before the time where anybody can yeah. Google anything or look stuff up. I mean, you had to go to the good That's old right. encyclopedia in the library. Oh, yeah. Google wasn't even a word back then, let alone <laughs> a search engine. <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of um, growing up, what, what are some of the things that you did growing up that um, led you to go into acting and things like that down the road? What are, what are some of those things? Did you have a desire from watching some of these movies or just something that happened by happenstance? No. This is one of those Cinderella stories in that I, I never acted. Uh, I always loved movies. And um, with my <laughs> with my friends when we lived in France I had a group of friends and we always used to play cowboys and Indians and I was always uh, the colonel <laughs> I was in charge of everybody you know uh, but I never acted or thought about acting the only the, the, the time that I got the bug so to speak is I had graduated from high school and we were in Moore, Oklahoma, uh, which is right outside of Oklahoma City. And at the time, it had one stoplight. And um, my dad was already stationed in Japan. And so my mom waited till I graduated from high school. I graduated a year early so I could graduate and then go to Japan. And we had driven across country to catch the plane in, in, um, in uh, San Francisco. And we stopped in Las Vegas. And we went to see the Eddie Fisher story, Eddie Fisher show. And when we got there, some guy came up and said to my mom and I, come with me. I want to put you down front. So they put 
they ushered my mom and I down front. And Eddie Fisher came out and he sang to me on stage. I was in the audience, but he sang to me. And that light hit me, you know, the spotlight, because it was on him. But the spotlight hit me and I went, oh, that's kind of nice, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and then uh, there was... Um, my mom and I loved movie magazines that, that, you know, we used to go get a movie magazine and a big box of Hershey, a big Hershey bar and read the ma- the gossip magazine and eat the Hershey bar. So in, while we were still in the state, uh, there was an ad in there for modeling. You know, you don't have to be a model, but take your picture. And I kind of daydreamed then, uh, oh, gee, maybe I should try that. But I never did because we were going to Japan. So when I got to Japan, day one, um, my dad met us, at, met us at the airport, the Air Force airport. And he said, do you remember that girl you used to live next door to in France? I said, yes. And when I was in France, I was in second, third grade. He says, well, she's here and she's graduating and she's having a graduation party tonight. and She wants you to come. So I went to the graduation party because I missed mine because our flight date was before my graduation. So I missed my actual graduation. So I go to her party and there's a girl I met there. Uh, I'm pretty short. I'm barely five, barely five one if I stand up straight. And there was a girl there that was shorter than me. And she was talking about how she made all of her money for school and, and all, you know, whatever she wanted to buy, she had money because she was modeling. And I looked at her and I thought, now when I think about it, I think, how arrogant, Linda. But when I looked at her, I thought, damn, if she can do it, I can do it. (laughs) 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 It was just one of those spontaneous, honest thoughts. And um, so I got the information from her, where she went, how she did it. And so I, I don't know if I called them up or went down or she took me or what, but I went to this place called Patricia's Charm School. And so I took a charm class. I learned how to put on makeup and learned how to walk and just, you know, kind of silly stuff like just real girly stuff. And before I even finished the course, a um, advertiser had come in, a client of hers, saw me and said, I want her. And so I started working immediately, uh, almost within, you know, a couple of weeks. And that's how I got started. It was not, um, I grew up with the bug and I went to class and studied and was, you know, in summer, summer theater or anything like that. It just, it's really a Cinderella story. I just was at the right place at the right time. Everything, you know, the, all the stars aligned, as they say, you know, and all the dominoes fell. So. It really was not because I did anything that anybody could duplicate. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Well, not just that, but you, when she told you all about that, you were like realizing, well, this is an opportunity that was in the back of your mind to do. And you're like, I'm here. Let's, let's just do it. And there's a lot of people that will put barriers up to keep them from doing that. They'll be like, Oh, I, I, you know, and they'll think of a thousand reasons why not to do it. But you didn't come to old. that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I never thought that way. I, I've always, not intentionally, it's just my natural way of thinking is, uh, I think I can do just about anything. 
and I've started businesses that if I would have thought my way through it, I never would have done it. But it's just, I, it just was instinctual. I thought, oh, why don't we do that? And then I didn't know how to do it, but I just did it and learned, you know, by making mistakes and just, you know, that's how I've always been. You know, I mean, I'm not as much that way as I wish I were, or I would be more courageous in doing things, you know, Um, but sometimes life and responsibilities take over your spontaneity, you know, as we all know, as we get older. That that is so true. And, um, Mm -hmm. but it's like one of those things that's having that compunction to go and do it is still, like I said, a lot of people Mm -hmm. are just you know, they'll come up with different things and it's, and you can miss out on opportunities that could be yeah, there. And, yeah. and even, even if they don't succeed, it's the, the right. experience and you can go back and say, right. and, and a lot of them, you know, are going to be positive experiences. Sometimes they'll be negative, but I think the majority right. of the time you'll end up having, you know, a laugh out of it or whatever. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's just, you know, you might not at that moment, but looking back at it, you might be like, oh, that was kind of a fun time. But we all go through life. Yeah. None of us come in with a handbook of how to do the, how to play it. <laughs> my, my mom always said we should be born old and live our life backwards so that we're born old with all of our experiences so that as we live our life backwards, we have all that experience to, to draw on and we make better choices as we get younger. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I wish it, I wish we could do that. Well, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's, um, cause I know a lot of people say, Oh, like people that always want to wish they can be younger. And I always say to them, I'd only want to be younger if I can keep the wisdom that I've learned in the years yeah. in between. Yeah. Cause otherwise I'm just going to make the same dang mistakes again. <laughs> yeah. I remember in the eighties, I was a mortgage broker at the time. And in the eighties, I was, I had a, uh, a, um, a borrower and he said to me, you know, if you are a person who is in the stock market, I said, no, I'm not. He said, you ought to get into on this. He said, this is going to be a killer. The name of the company is Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and I thought, oh, I wish I would have listened to him. I would be a millionaire now. You know, I wouldn't be working now. <laughs> I'd be going and doing all the fun things I yearn to do. I think you would still be working. You'd just be doing something different. I, you seem like the type that would always be doing exactly. something. Exactly. No, I couldn't just stay home. I have, I'm the kind of person that works, 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 and then I collapse. I don't really collapse, but, you know, I, I need my day. When I need my day, I need my day. Don't talk to me. Don't bother. Well, that sounds awful. I, I just need my alone time to recharge my batteries, you know. But I'd always be doing something, even if it was just volunteer work, you know. Exactly. And that, that, right now, right now, I would be going to California and starting in Northern California and working my way down and spending time with all the friends that I haven't been able to see for the last year and in so many months. You know, so I, I would take a good month, month and a half in California. Well, and then I'd be ready to come back to Virginia. <laughs> Well, hopefully that's all going to happen soon, you know, and, um, with all these things yeah, starting yeah. with the vaccine coming out and everything and things are starting yeah. to, I'm hoping change for the better and get, and get to where everybody can start to 
travel again, see family again that, mm-hmm. that, that are distant, you know, and that kind of stuff and start yeah. to, because Zoom is great and Skype not. and all that stuff, but it's not the <laughs> same as having that, that, that in-person experience. You know, our church tried Zoom for two weeks, I think it was, and it was awful. And my pastor said, okay, we're having drive-in church. So then we had drive-in for about five weeks. And then he said, wear your mask, social distance, wash your, you know, sanitize your hands. And we've had church since May of last year, every week. And no one in our church has, you know, knock on wood, thank you, Lord. No one in our church has gotten uh, COVID, but we follow the rules. You know what I'm saying? I'm really glad for that. As everybody takes precautions, then things can, you know, start opening up quicker and better. Mm-hmm. And like I said, um, I've, I've been mm-hmm. lucky enough where I've been vaccinated. I don't know if you have yet, um, but it's just one of those things. No, I have not. Well, my mother got COVID in January. Oh, she did. And she had no symptoms, not one symptom. We took her to emergency for a, a stomach problem that she has from time to time because you know, the doctor said, if I'm not here, take her to emergency. And so as SOP, they just gave her COVID test. And I was flabbergasted when I got the phone call and they said, yeah, your mom tested positive. So, you know, if she's got it, I've got to have it. Right. So we quarantined and I went and got tested and there's only three people that have been around her, me and two other friends of mine. All three of us were negative. She was the only one tested positive. She, I, I swear to God, she did not have one symptom. And she's 92, and I was always fearful that if she were to get it, that she may not see 93, you know. So I'm just I'm really so grateful that she she didn't have it. So It's just amazing how your mom was so blessed, though, to go through that and to rec- yes. not have any symptoms. And I'm sure there's probably been other people that are asystematic carriers that got it. And, uh, uh-huh. and thankfully, with her age being 92 she was one of those because mm. as you said that's that's always mm. our biggest fear is that our elders yes. will get it mm-hmm. and have um some serious repercussions yeah we she and i were actually talking last night and we were amazed at how great we're we're just so grateful that even with the world being in the state that it's in we've not been personally impacted negatively in, in, in an extreme way. We have because we're, you know, uh, inconvenienced, but that's, that's not anything to be upset about. But there are people that um, have had serious issues, and we're just so grateful that we've been protected. And it's one of the things I'm grateful about you doing this interview is to help is for people that are in situations where the lockdown is, is affecting them. It gives them a chance to have yeah. an hour yeah. and a half hour or whatever on this interview is going to be um, a chance to just go into something else and uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to break yeah. up that, that routine to give, to give them something yeah. else to talk about. Now yeah. you're doing modeling yeah. in Japan and yes. What led you to... You want to know what my very first job was? Yes. Let's go for that. What was your first job? I'm curious now. (laughs) For an accordion magazine, they had me in a two-piece bathing suit holding an accordion. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, I have no idea what a bathing suit has to do with an accordion magazine, but that's what they had me in, uh, in my two-piece bathing. They weren't bikinis, back, or there were, but I didn't have, I just had a two-piece. And I had to laugh. I said, you want me to do what? <laughs> yeah, put on your bathing suit. We want to take pictures. So, so that was my very first job. And it made no sense, but it paid and it was, you know, they were respectful. And I, so I did it. <laughs> now, now it makes me wonder, because weird, weird Al Yankovic always plays the accordion. So may, imagine oh, him as a boy yeah. being like, oh. And then it's like, yeah, the accordions yeah. are cool. Hey. <laughs> That, I'll tell you, that's where he saw it, I'm sure. He <laughs> saw me on that magazine cover and said, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, that was my first job. That was so funny. <laughs> and, and folks, just we're joking. We have no idea. But who knows? It, it might have been the reason he went this path. Who knows? <laughs> we, we, ought to, we ought to call him up and just, just verify that story. <laughs> If not, hopefully he'll just run with it. You know, just to... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have our permission, weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> but did you did you have any other crazy modeling jobs besides um being in a in a bathing suit for the accordion? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think they were weird. I mean, modeling in and of itself can be weird because you know it's in the middle of winter and you're at the beach or something like that. You know. Um, but nothing really, really weird. Um, oh, I did one fashion layout for a men's magazine, Japanese men's magazine, men's magazine. And I didn't know it was a men's magazine. There weren't any nudies in there, but there were some provocative pictures, you know, but my, my whole segment was young American girl. And they showed me shopping and some stuff like that. But, um, not really anything weird at all. Oh, I do have one thing weird. I was doing a program called English for Millions. It's called Takamani Noego. And uh, it, was, it was a daily TV. Was it daily? Yeah, a Monday through Friday TV show that was piped into the junior high school. And I got called down. The, the producers called me in their office. And they were talking to me about how important it was to be respectful and that I was representing wholesomeness because I was, what, 18 at the time. And, you know, I was very wholesome and all-American. And I couldn't understand what they were getting at. And then they brought this magazine out of this girl that was topless. I swear she looked just like me. It wasn't me. Her hair was different. And that was the weirdest experience I ever had, you know, and I had to convince, I don't know why I'm telling you this. <laughs> I had to convince them that it was, it, it, it's not me. I promise it's not me, you know, but, uh, it was a bit of a, it wasn't a scandal, but it could have been a scandal, you know. Now, nowadays it would have been all over the, the, the Twitter and everything else. Oh, and- I, 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 <laughs> oh, Oprah would be interviewing me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Well, the Japanese equivalent of Oprah. Oh. Yeah, Japanese equivalent of Oprah. Yeah. No, that that was very taboo. That was very taboo. Now, how did you go from modeling into acting? What, 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 how did you get, what, what started the crossover? Uh, well, my first job was, you know, the accordion bathing suit. Uh, and then I did a bunch of other modeling. But my second job was the English 
for millions. Um, that happened like right away. And the reason it happened is the girl that was the English girl, American girl that was doing the program, uh, her dad was being transferred back to the States and they asked her, can you find me somebody? So she took me down and they put me on camera and they said, okay, you got the job. So that was my second one. Um, as far as, as not standing still and where I actually could speak and move and, you know, uh, uh, but then, okay, I got there in 65 and in 66, I got a, a contract for the cover of a young girls magazine. It was like a 17 magazine mm-hmm. for Japanese girls. And so another American girl and I both got the contract and they would switch us every week because it came out every week. And, um, sometimes we did the, the cover together. Sometimes I just had the cover. Sometimes she just had the cover. And, um, and then I did a couple commercials for Nikon camera. And what happened is Arthur Rankin, the producer that creates King Kong Escape, um, he saw one of my covers and he had a girlfriend who was Japanese and she was Japanese model. And she said to him, you know, she lives here in Japan. And so he called me out of the blue. I had no idea who he was. And so he called me and he said, I want to cast you in my movie. You have just the right look I'm looking for. I thought he was out of his ever loving mind because (laughs) I never acted. I never tried to act. So I met with him, met him for dinner. I was really nervous. I didn't know if he was one of those sleazy Hollywood people, but he wasn't. He was very nice. And um, he just said, I said to him, I can't act. I've never acted. I don't know how to act. And he said, oh, you'll get the hang of it. <laughs> you know? He says, you've got the right look. This is, this is what Susan Watson looks like in my mind. So I said, okay. You know. So that's how I got the job. I didn't audition or anything. He just, he you know, I was at the right place at the right time with the right look, you know. And the interesting thing Not is. because I was talented. And the interesting thing is, here you are telling him, I can't do this. It's like the exact opposite of what almost every actor would, like when, when the actors are asked, can you ride a horse? Oh, yes, I can. Can you shoot a bow? Of course I can. And then if they don't you know how, they'll go learn <laughs> right. how to do it. They'll always, say, they'll always say yeah. yes. And here you are saying, oh, I can't. You know, you're. you're like you say, it was it really is a Cinderella yeah. thing because you're doing everything opposite of what the uh, the average actor would do in order to get a part. You're doing everything yeah. you can to almost not get the part. Well, even as when I got the contract and I was re- going to sign it, I looked at him. I said, "Are you sure you want to do this?" You know, <laughs> he said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." And so his uh, his girlfriend, his Japanese girlfriend, uh, took me under her wings, and she says, "We're going to make you a blonde." I said, oh, no, you're going to I don't want to do this. I don't want my hair blonde, you know, because I'm a brunette, you know, light brown hair. And uh, so she says, nope, you're blonde. Arthur says you're blonde. So they took me to her hairdresser and um, bleached my hair. And, and then it just all kind of happened from there. I never took an acting lesson. And the very first scene that was ever shot, was the scene where uh, Lieutenant Watson is walking through the ship and the guys are talking and she says, I'm going to give you castor oil or something like that. That was the very first scene. We did that over and over. I had no idea what I was doing. I was petrified. 
And I was embarrassed because I thought, this is awful. You're doing such a terrible job. I, and I thought, I hope nobody ever sees this movie because <laughs> <laughs> it was embarrassing. Um, but then Rose, when Rose came on the scene, you know, when we had stuff together, he was very helpful. Very, very helpful. He was like, he kind of took me under his wing. And, um, you know, he, I, I went, I used to go to dailies and he said, no, no, don't go to dailies. He says, when you see yourself up there with no editing, no music, you know, none of the things that the finished product will be, he says, you will get so discouraged. And I said, okay, good. Because I am discouraged. <laughs> but he just was, he was very, very helpful to and for those that don't so know, that, I thought, that, you know, the first couple of weeks, I, I was going to let people know that, that, that when you're talking about Rhodes, you're talking about Rhodes reason for people that don't know. Oh yes, Rhodes reason, Captain Nelson in the movie. Um, but I, I thought for sure every day for a couple of weeks that they were going to come in and fire me. I really did, you know, but they didn't. So the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. And, um, the, the interesting thing is people can only judge your acting on your, the physical parts, because I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this. You yeah. were dubbed uh-huh. not only into Japan, but also the English version yeah. or whatever. What was yeah. the, I mean, to me, it's a crazy reason, but what, what was the reason why you didn't get dubbed? I mean, you got dubbed. I never got an answer. I didn't know until after the fact. Um, I knew they were going to dub me in Japanese. Uh, I wanted to speak Japanese, but, excuse me, but, um, you know, I, I can see their point because my Japanese, even though it was it sounded pretty good, it's, I still sound like a foreigner. So I could understand why they would dub me in Japanese. And I was quite pleased with the gal who dubbed my voice. I thought she did a great job. Um, but when I heard that I had been dubbed uh, in English, I was, I was upset and I was, um, I don't know what the reason is. Um, the one reason is because I did not have a union contract. Uh, Arthur was pretty smart financially. If I had had a union contract, I would have gotten residuals. Um, but I didn't, I was contracted through Toho. And, um, so I knew, I knew nothing. And even Rhodes told me before he left, that I would probably be coming to the States to dub the film. And I said, what's that? <laughs> and he then he explained it to me. So when it didn't happen, it didn't happen. And then I found out that it had already been dubbed. And then when I heard it, heard her voice, I was, I was mortified. I thought, oh my God, they, it, they could have gotten Daffy Duck, you know, to do a better job. I'm sorry, Jamie Bennett, but it was, a, I thought it was terrible. And I, so I never told anybody I was in the movie. I, my friends did not know. When I came back to the States, nobody knew I was in the movie. Because I was embarrassed, you know, with that voice. And uh, I still don't like it. But there's not, nothing I can do about it. You know? I, I will say. But I'm not, it, I'm not. I'm not just saying this because I'm interviewing you. But the, the, the voice always bugged me. She'd be saying stuff, and I'm just like, yeah. So I'm now knowing, but I can say that to you now because I know it's not yours, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. But it was, <laughs> yeah, right. And and I don't know, and that kind of thing. But it was just, I can just imagine. I mean, I think I think the only thing that was yours were the screams. 
Were the screams yes. stories? Oh, yes. The screams were mine. They liked my screams. <laughs> So I, I guess you could have been, I guess you could have been um, like a scream queen, you know, it's like, I got the, I can, I can do the screams, you know, and those. Yeah, scream queen. Yeah. <laughs> I was Miss Cass, <laughs> You know, I had thought, you know, because I had no acting experience, maybe my voice um, didn't have the right kind of inflection or emotion. You know, I, I don't know. I've tried to think of all kinds of reasons. Um, you know, I, I don't know if because he thought I did such a terrible job that he didn't want me to do it. But uh, I kind of feel that even if I were a terrible actress, which I, I confess I was, uh, it still would have been better than that that voice that she did, that cartoon voice, you know. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'd give anything if we could redub. Well, we can't because Rose is gone. We could redub the whole thing, you know, uh, which is just a pipe dream of mine. But I think that they can redub your part and put it in with Rhodes because I know the technology's there. It's been there for a long time. And even the stuff to de-age the voice to make it sound, you know, more of like that, Mm -hmm. that, that, that youthful, um, you know, person. Because they did yeah, it with yeah, Peter yeah. O'Toole and uh, Omar Sharif back with Lawrence of Arabia. Back when they did one of the restorations, they had to um, redub their dialogue. Oh. And they did a thing to make their voices oh. sound younger. And this, and this was like, uh, I think it was like 20, 30 years ago. It was a while ago. I remember seeing a, a behind-the-scenes thing about yeah. it. We, we should all push for this internet. Well, you know, we should no... get out there. Let's get it. Let's get let yeah, Linda speak. Yeah, wouldn't that be fantastic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would love that. But, you know, it's funny. I posted today on Facebook um, a picture of some friends and I watching the film four years ago in Texas. And some there were some parts that came on I just started laughing at, you know. I mean, 20 years ago, I would have been, like, so embarrassed. But now that I'm older, it's like, it's you know, it's, it's not rocket science. It just was a film and some of it just made me laugh when I saw how bad I did, you know, and, uh, but it, it, the film has been so good to me and it's, um, given me a second life, so to speak. And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in love with it for that reason, you know? Well, I can, I mean, I, I, I enjoy the film. I mean, anybody, anybody that's a giant monster fan like myself would be, would be, that doesn't like King Kong escapes. There's just something wrong with them. I grew up watching <laughs> the Godzilla films, the King Kong films. And the one yeah. thing I liked about King Kong escapes is it, 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 it's, it's, it doesn't have that sad ending that the, I enjoyed the 1933 King Kong and I enjoyed the 76 King Kong and mm-hmm. the Peter Jackson's, but it always has the sad <laughs> ending of King Kong dying spoiler for those that yeah. didn't know that King Kong yeah. dies in those movies. I mean, they've only been around for ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in this one, he gets to be the hero. Like also um, King Kong versus Godzilla. You know, he was the heroic type mm-hmm. um, monster uh-huh. and those kind of things. And uh, yeah. I'm glad that with the, the resurgence, like with King Kong Skull Island and other stuff, they're bringing Kong back uh-huh. and more in that yeah. aspect where it, it's because you can only have so many downer endings in a row of, with the same thing before you just like, you <laughs> yeah. know, it, it, most people like a happy yeah. ending. You got the downer ones. We got three of them. 
you know. That's- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he goes off into the sunset and he's still alive and he's still, you know, I was sad to see him go, but he's going back to his element, you know. It, so it was, a, it was a good movie. I enjoyed I enjoyed my time. I mean, even though I was self-conscious a lot of it, I, I did enjoy my time making the film. Now, what was it like? Do you have any more to say about talk, work with Rhodes, Reason? You know, you talked about how he helped you out. and uh, But what else? Like, because how long was yeah, the shoot? He, he, uh, I think two months, maybe two and a half. It was a long time uh, for, you know, a low-budget film. Um, I think we started in May and it was in July. We had our rap party, something like that. Um, Rhodes and Takarada-san are both very macho. You know, they're both tall. They're very, they're very manly, very macho in, in a sense. And uh, they got along so well. There was competition between them, you, you know, that you could see the egos. But it was a healthy competition, you know, a friendly competition. And they played really well together, you know. And, it, and so the atmosphere on the set was just fabulous. I've heard of, you know, some... Some sets, you know, the atmosphere is just really toxic or, you know, whatever, not a good atmosphere. But it was it was a great atmosphere. Everybody, you know, and Doctor Who and and all the his little munchkins or they weren't called munchkins, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, his his minions, (laughs) his his minions, his minions. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, It just was a really it was a great set. It really was. <laughs> I was going to say, Takarada-san and, and yourself, um, the, you actually had, I mean, I know you said it was your first acting, but you actually looked to me like you had good chemistry where you can feel the relationship yeah, we between did. the two of you. And um, he was just, I mean, yeah. when you watch him, you could just tell he's the hero in the movie, you know, yeah. well, the second yeah. hero. <laughs> yeah. The human hero. Yes. Yeah. The lead and and yes. I, I loved yes. I loved watching him act. I mean, he it was just one of those things. Is like he's so dynamic and so you know and had the presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he was not a typical Japanese actor looking actor because he was very tall uh, and um, at least for Japanese. He, well, everybody's tall for me, so I thought he was very tall, <laughs> and uh, he just had a, a very charismatic person and because I lived in Japan for so well two years before we made the film uh, I interacted every day with Japanese people so I was very comfortable talking to him you know and that probably translated in our relationship is that there was a comfort level there you know and that's the and good- I didn't even know we had a romance until somebody told me <laughs> <laughs> That's how naive I was. Oh, he was my boyfriend. I didn't know that. Well, he definitely wanted to be your boyfriend. That was for sure. You could tell that anytime, like he, the way he was holding you when he was looking up at Kong. It's like, no, no, she's mine, not yours. And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm thinking, this ain't going to go well for you, man. I, I if it's one on one, it was like right over my head. <laughs> You're in the you're in the middle of a no, love the, triangle. The actors, talk, oh yeah, I didn't even know it. I knew Kong loved me because that was in the script. <laughs> you know, 
uh, I was very young, very naive. I, I, I didn't catch that <laughs> until somebody pointed it out to me. <laughs> and, and you talked about Doctor Who, which was... Um, yeah, um, yeah. Ayam- Amamoto-san. Ayamoto-san. Um, he, he, to me... Amamoto. Ayamoto. Um, he steals the show <laughs> every scene he's in. I mean, it's... it's, oh, it's yeah. he, he, he just oh, has... Yeah. He's having fun. What was it like? What was he oh, like? he was great. He was as nutty in person as he was on the, <laughs> on the screen. A odd, very odd man and very adorable. Um, he he used to walk around. You know how he had that cape that he wore, and uh, he used to walk around the set and he would fling his cape around, and he he just was crazy. But just a you just loved him. He was so sweet and so nice, and he became friends with my mom and I. And after we wrapped, he had a job on on stage for the Fantastics. And he invited us to come and see him. And we went and saw him and went backstage. And he just was very lovable, but very odd. You know, he just, he was one of those guys that just was odd, you know, but not in a negative way. He just, what is he marched to the drum of a different, uh, to the beat of a different drum? And, and we need people like that, that are out there. Oh, to, yeah. To, to show, because oh, yeah. I think if everybody was the same, it'd be such a boring world, you know, oh, and it's, nice. it's, it's so nice when you have yeah. unique characters. Um, not only mm-hmm. obviously did he play him, but to be that way in real life. And those are the things that people always will remember. Yes. You always remember it with a smile. You're just like, Oh, I remember when so-and-so would do this. Yes. So-and-so would do that. Remember the scene where he's dying and all the blood's coming out of his mouth. Yes. In the movie. Oh yeah. He really hammed that one up. That was great. He, he he definitely lived, and for those who are, yes, this is not Doctor Who, like the British TV show Doctor Who. This is a different Doctor Who, just in case people, you know, out there have any confusion because it's the same name, yeah. <laughs> character total. And uh, but he he was the evil mastermind. The thing I like, I, the thing I like about him, he was totally committed in his acting. You know, he wasn't acting like a crazy guy. He was totally committed and. He believed everything. He just he he was really a good actor, actually. I mean, I, I enjoyed him. I just I just loved it when he would go through these things. You know, like all all the stuff he goes through. It's like, oh, we'll make a mechanical Kong to dig up the radioactive stuff because it it it, it, it does it better. You know, it does it just as well as the real King Kong. And then of course that doesn't work. And then they have to go get King Kong to go do the thing. It's just. The, yeah. the, the amount the, the amount of money they must have spent in in like in if, if you look in like in the, the fictional world to make this mechanical kong and all this other stuff you're thinking uh-huh. well couldn't they have done it some other way I don't, it was just kind of it was, it was kind of like when you think about it it's one of those movies you don't want to think about it logically too much you just want to enjoy the ride <laughs> no <laughs> right yeah yeah I actually went on uh, one of the sound stages is where they had the tables laid out with all the miniature trees and the miniature, you know, scenery. And I actually watched them shoot the scene where Kong uh, is being, you know, they basked him and then they tied him up and with the helicopter is taking him away. 
I actually watched them uh, film that scene. Uh, it was quite amazing how they did it. Uh, if you kind of, you know, squint your eyes and get down and look at the table, it looks so real. So, hey, Bobby. So you got the scene. Not My the, cat just walked by. <laughs> oh, well, you got, you know, cats take priority. So don't worry. You know. That's right. Because <laughs> they know who the boss of the house is. It's them. And then, you know, it, 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 they know, they know who feeds them. Yes. <laughs> um, so you got to see Nakajima, uh, Nakajima son work. Nakajima. Mm-hmm. And of course. Yes. No, no, I did not. Because he was King um, Kong. Because, yeah, I know. But that, that, the scene I was telling you about where they carry him away, that was a miniature that was being carried oh, away. Oh, it was a miniature. I Kong. never actually saw him. Yeah. Well, it was miniaturized so that it looked like the real Kong, but it was, but it was not Nakajima son being lifted up by helicopters. Um, I never actually saw him work. I never, I never knew who he was and how awesome he was and how famous he was. I mean, I had no clue, but I did run into him one day. Um, Rose and I and Arthur ran into him when, I was coming out of a fitting or makeup or something. And that's when there was a photographer there and actually took some pictures of us together, but I never saw him work. Unfortunately. I think if I read right, you got to meet him in some conventions down the road and yes, and got to talk with him yes. through, I think an inter. Well, actually I'm not yes. sure how well your Japanese was at the time where you were able to carry the conversation with him and use an interpreter. No, I, yeah, I had to use an interpreter. Uh, I met him again in January of 2016. Um, um, I went to Japan to do a weekend of conventions. They do things a little differently there. Anyway, Nakajima and Takarada-san and I, the three of us were there together. And it was, it was, it was great. You know, I just wish that Rhodes had been uh, alive at the time. I don't know if he was alive, if he had, was ill or what. But anyway, I, I went to Japan. I got to see Nakajima-san and Takarada-san. And, and it was just really nice to kind of um, get, get the old gang back. And this was like just a couple months after I found out that people had been looking for me. So it was all just so brand new and so exciting, you know. And I love Japan. So to get a free trip to Japan was amazing. <laughs> I was going to say, that, 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 that's one you don't say no to. Oh, well, can you come to Japan? Uh, oh, yes. We'll fly you out. We'll put you up. Let me think about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. And then you finally got to meet all the people that enjoy your movie, and that probably blew your mind. That blew my mind. Well, it's so funny because the people that are coming to the conventions are – the guys that have grown up that were like in grade school when they saw my film and now they're grown up too, you know? So, uh, somebody said I was their preteen crush, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So I, 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 you know, the fans have been, not now, my other fans have been fantastic. And, uh, I've just enjoyed meeting all of them. I haven't met, you know how that sometimes they, some fans can be creepy. I haven't met a creepy one yet. They've all been really, really nice. And, 
respectful and just so, you know, I just really love them. <laughs> I'm really happy that uh, they're in my life, you know. And, I, you know, on Facebook, it's great. Your fans will send me messages. And so I have like four, five, six people I talk to on a regular basis that are just fans that we've become friendly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I may never meet them, but it's, it's just it's just so heartwarming to have them pour out love, you know? Well, I think it's... Especially, I was going to say, you go first. Um, especially after all this time. Well, and I, and I think that's the beautiful thing of film is it, it's, it's preserved and, on, and being on DVD, Blu-ray, streaming, and all the different different ways that people can get in touch with the different tech, you know, the, the film, the, the craft, is the work yeah. lives. And, 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 that, and in essence, you could say forever, but who knows what forever is. But it, it's, it's, it's going to live for a long time, and a lot of people are able to see it. Yeah. And I'm sure – those people just like myself will show their children those films and that kind of stuff. And I was yeah. lucky enough where a few years back I was able to see King Kong escapes for the first time on, on the big screen, you know, and it's just like, ah, you know, it's so nice. Oh, they, were, yeah. they were doing a giant monster movie a fond for over like a couple of days. And, um, so they had all, they had, um, King Kong versus Godzilla and, um, God, uh-huh. you know, Godzilla, escape, um, King Kong escapes and all these, all these different ones. And it was just, just, yeah. just, just to sit back and just relax and enjoy it. But then you're looking over there and you're seeing other people bringing their young children and, um, and that yeah. kind of stuff. I had my, yeah. I had my older son with me and it was his first time seeing the film and, um, and he, he uh-huh. enjoyed it. So it was just, it was just one of those things you get to have that chance to, for him to have the first experience to see it the way it was meant to be seen, which I didn't get, I got yeah. to saw it. I got yeah. to see it on like, you know, TV, you know, during the uh, monster matinee, that would play on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that brings up a good point. I've never seen it on the big screen either. Uh, well, that's not true in Japan. Uh, they had their premiere in September, I think. And, uh, I actually went to that. So I thought, but that, that was all in Japanese, you know, and that version I understand is a little bit different than the American version. Uh, in 2016, Takarada son and I were at G Fest and they had the movie on, um, but it was kind of late and he was tired. So we left probably a quarter of the way into the film. I wanted to stay, you know, <laughs> but um, protocol was I needed to, you know, go when he wanted to go. So, but I've never seen it on the big screen either. It is, it is a treat when you get to see these films that you've only seen like, and when I'm, when I'm talking about people, and I'm talking about watching on TV. This is before all the big screen TVs were. This was like a 19 inch. That, that was that was like these <laughs> knees at the time. And um, so it's not like these 70 inch screens that people have now. And um, so to, to go to from that experience as a child to finally seeing it, it's just mm-hmm. like ah, uh, it, yeah, big difference, big difference. And I know people are like, "Well, I already own it," or this and that. I owned it. I had it on Blu-ray, but still, if you get a chance to see a movie on the big screen, see it the way it was meant to be uh-huh. and, and, and with a yeah. crowd. Yeah. And let us know where it's showing so that we can go too. Oh, I know. It's, it's, and that's the thing. It, like Spread okay. the word. There, there's one other person yeah. I wanted to, actually two other people I wanted to talk about with King Kong Escapes okay. with you that were okay. acting in it. One of them was the other female lead. 
She played Madame Piranha or Madame X, and that is um, Mia Hamae. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hama Mia, as they say in Japan. Last name first. But I know who you mean. <laughs> yes. She and I, uh, she had just come off of making uh, the James Bond film, and we had a couple scenes together, but not like her and I together. It was like we were there when she and Rhodes were interacting, you know. Uh, so I didn't really get to see her much or talk to her. And I was a little intimidated because she was a gigantic star. You know, she was like a superstar. And um, so I just kind of kept my place, if you know what I'm saying. So we didn't, we didn't have hardly any, any interaction at all. Yeah. I know sometimes it's like um, when you work with somebody that's, at the height of their fame or arise or rising yeah. up. It's a little, you don't want to like, ah, you know, I don't want to bother them and that kind of thing. And it's intimidating. <laughs> well, it's, it's intimidating, especially when you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you don't know your craft and she really does. So, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I respected her and I was in awe of her, but I, I didn't impose at all. I, I I didn't keep my distance in the sense I stayed away from her, but I just kept my place. Mm-hmm. Now the director, Ishiro Honda, son. Yeah. Um, what was Honda it like? Son. What was it like working with with him? I mean, because that's I mean, to, to anybody that's a Toho movie fan of that era, or those that the fifties, sixties, seventies, he is like the icon. Uh huh. I did not know that at the time. I didn't realize. I didn't realize much at the time he was very uh fatherly grandfatherly in the sense that he was kind he was quiet he if he got upset he didn't rant and rave of course that's not a japanese trait anyway but he was very quiet but you knew when he didn't like something you did and you knew when he did and um he just he was a gentle man and he, you could tell very much on the set that he was in control and he was in charge. Um, he just had this presence of the king is here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but he was he was very sweet. And I was so excited when we had uh, when we were done with the film and we had the wrap party and they put all of us, you know, on bleachers to take pictures. He said to me, Linda Chan, come here, you know. And so I got to sit right next to him. So that, that was, that made me feel really good. Kind of like your dad, you know, that's, that's kind of the feeling I got from him is that he was like my father. So you felt like you were moving from the child's table to the table, to the adult table. Come down here. <laughs> <laughs> right. I get to eat Thanksgiving with the adult. <laughs> yeah. I've moved up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really, it, it was very, I loved, I loved it. I thought that was a great, I felt like a great honor when he did that. that that's one person I wish I could have met and, and had and just to have dinner with and to have a conversation, mm-hmm. just, just to hear him talk about different things about the, his craft and mm-hmm. what motivated yeah. him. I mean, I'm, that would, I'm, to me, that would be fascinating because people always say like, Oh, who would you love to have a meal with? And there's certain people and, and he would be one of them. You know, I think it would be an interesting. Yeah. I would, I would be listening yeah. more than anything. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, he was not a big talker. 
because um, he was kind of a quiet guy, at least what I was exposed to. Maybe different when he was around the guys and had a beer or something like that. But on the set, he was he was he was kind of quiet. Now Rhodes and Pacaratathan were not quiet. <laughs> they were very boisterous. <laughs> they were boys, you know, loud boys on the set. And when we, there are a couple of times we all went out to dinner and the two of them would, each one had a different joke to tell that was better than the last joke that the other guy told. So they were very loud and funny. And I, and I really enjoyed that relationship that they had. I enjoyed it watching it. Yeah. It sounds like you had a lot of fun on this, on the shoot and with a lot of the people yes. on there. And it's, yeah. And that, and that's to me is the, the things I think a lot of fans of the movie love to hear is uh, those, those good experiences, you know, that happen with different things. I mean, yeah, there are days that are not as good because it's like any job. There's going to be some bad days mm-hmm. with the good days. Yeah. 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 Now, after you did King the Kong. Bad, yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say the bad days is when I thought they were going to fire me. <laughs> 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 the good days was when they didn't. <laughs> I guess it's one of those things you keep a calendar to shoot. It's like, well, we're almost halfway done. I guess that they're not going to get rid of me now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. They've invested this amount of time and money and, you know, just in, you know, shooting the film, I guess I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's always good when one of the producers likes you and that, and the reason they hired you. Cause I guess if the, in, in her, yeah. I guess um, he would lose face if he was to say, Oh, we got to get rid of her. When he was the one, it's like, so. we don't need an audition. We don't need that. You are the one. It, it, it yeah. Was, so I think, I think you had it somewhat more security than you think in that. As, but it's probably maybe, good. Maybe so. But it was probably good you didn't know that at the time. So that way you, you, you came mm-hmm. in and, and were learning on the fly. Yeah. And I was always on time and I always knew my lines and, um, you know, I didn't give anybody any trouble, but I always got along well with Japanese people. You know, my hairdresser, I love my makeup guy. I love, you know, so, and I just, I just never had any issues with anybody. So it, it was comfortable in that regard. Now in Japan, when the movie came out, did people on the street recognize you at all or? No, you know where I got recognized from? I got recognized among the school kids when I did the English Vermilion TV show. I would be out shopping and I'd see a group of school kids and they'd look at me and they'd start giggling and then they would come up. When they want an autograph, they would say sign and they had these little white, little white boards and you could sign them. Uh, those, that's where I got recognized the most because in modeling, your hair is different. Sometimes your makeup is different. Your clothes are different. So you don't necessarily look the same all the time. Um, and the film came out in Japan in September and I left in February. Hmm. So I wasn't there long after the film came out. So it was hmm. a, it was a short distance. It was a short time frame, like of just a, several months and then boom off. You went yeah, to the next adios. country. Adios amigo. Yeah. I, uh, there, I had after Kong, I did the Green Slime, and then after that, I did a TV show. I was a guest star on a weekly like detective show, 
It was a man with seven faces or something seven, like that. Seven faces of man. Oh, you know, and I don't. <laughs> okay. And so I did that I, that week, and I was so happy because they let me speak Japanese in it. And I was just thrilled to death, you know. And so I did that sometime in September or October. I can't remember. Um, and then in February, early February, I was back on a plane to the States. It's a, I, I, I almost... I was going to say, it's what? a shame with the seven faces of... Um, of man, the, the, the seven faces of man. It's a shame that um, I can't find it. You know, it's like one of those things. Like you can't. It's. it's uh, I know. actually have a reel of it. One of those big reels. I actually have that. I probably should take it and have it made into whatever they make it into DVD or Blu-ray or whatever they do. You know, to preserve it. But I've had it in the in the cans since nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, you could probably do that. And long, you could probably sell it at your table at the different conventions. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an idea. I did tell my manager about. Yeah, no, I did that, and I I loved it. But there was also some some talk. It never got to a definite stage, but there was some talk of me staying in Japan and doing a TV show of some sort. Um, and I was 19 at the time. And I just felt, no, I, I, sh- I need to go home and be with my parents. Because I was a young 19, and uh, them being in the States and me being Japan- in Japan was a far, far distance. And I would have had no support group there other than my agent or my manager. Uh, and that was the financial support. So I felt a little like maybe it was not, not for me at the time, you know. And that's what you got to know. You got to know when you're selling, when you got to listen to yourself, when it's telling you it's time to move on, you know, it's, you got to listen to that little voice because a lot of times it it is speaking. It's the truth, you know, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. speaking of green slime, you were in it as one of the nurses. I know it was not a big role. It was probably, I'm not sure you got to dance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I got to dance, got to drink champagne. That's a funny story. Uh, Toei Studios was very close to where I live. And I have a friend, and I don't even remember who she is, but this girl that I know somehow told me about the, the film in, uh, at Toei Studios. She says, come on, let's go on over. I don't know if she had a part or not, uh, but for some reason we went over. And the uh, director, producer, somebody in the film said, you want to be a nurse? I said, sure. <laughs> I'll be a nurse. I was a nurse in the other one. I'll be, I'll be a nurse on this one. So, I mean, I didn't do it for money or anything. I just did it because I like to work and it was fun. So that's, that's how I didn't have to audition for that one either. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you get to meet any then, of the, um, any of the cast at all when you were doing your dance I met parts? Richard, yes. Richard Jackal was so, he was so charming. Uh, he was very friendly with all the cast and he was very charming and, and jokey. And, you know, you just felt like he was your, your buddy. Uh, Robert Horton was standoffish. And so was Luciana Paluzzi. Um, you know, I, I just sensed at the time that she felt, un- I could be totally wrong, but I felt she was uncomfortable making the movie and, 
she was not very, um, she didn't have her welcoming arms out to anyone that I could see, you know, but you know, that's the way it is. <laughs> you know, sometimes you never know what's going on in people's personal lives when they go over and, that's, and that always, yes. Yeah. When you think they're stuck up, they're just really shy or whatever. I've, I've had people say like when they go to conventions and they meet different stars or whatever, and they'll say, Oh, I didn't, this person was this way. And, 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 and they must always be this way. It's like, well, no, they're that, they're that way that particular time, but they could have been tired. They could have had a yeah. lot of, there could be a lot of reasons why. And we don't Their know. Wife could what's have just left them last night. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know their, their dog may have died. You just don't know what goes on. And, uh, but yeah. I have to say, I have to say this as, this is my own opinion, and that's as far as it goes. If if an actor is at a convention, he is there because the public wants to see him, and I think he or she has an obligation, no matter what's going on in their life, to be as charming and as friendly as possible because, you know, the people that are coming there are the ones that put you in the position where you're a guest at a convention. So... I, I've heard stories of some people that are just really rude uh, or really arrogant or you know, whatever word you want to use. And I just think that's so inappropriate. I don't care if you have a headache, you know, listen, if they had to go shoot a movie and they, and their wife left them the night before they would put their acting face on, you know, anyway, off my soap opera, <laughs> but that's yeah. just how I feel. Well, I know yeah. what you're saying, and I and, and I understand that, and, it, and, yeah. and I think a lot of them are professionals, and I think a lot of them are like yourself that go to these conventions where they just are happy to be there with the public, and and to I think it's a mutual thing. It's you're 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 yeah. getting this love yeah. back, and you're feeling, and then you're able to help them yeah. relive those moments yeah. of joy that they had yeah. when they were younger. So I think it's a a give and a take. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had one fan. Oh, he was so nice. He was in a wheelchair and he didn't want to ask to take a picture. And I just said, you want a picture, don't you? And he goes, well, yeah. So I just hugged him and, you know, he, he, he just was really a sweet guy. And he was very, I could tell he was very uh, cautious about asking for a picture or anything. And, um, you know, the fans show me so much love. I mean, I didn't do anything to earn the love. You know, they just, they love the movie, so they love me. And I, I feel the same way about them. I love you guys. <laughs> and, 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 and speaking of fans, we love you too. And it's um, one of the things I think with the conventions, and I think a lot of actors like yourself realize it is hard for the average person. It takes them a while to get that courage to first come up to your table. And then, oh, yeah. and then they oh, start yeah. to talk. And then I've had times where, you know, you get tongue tied. You're like, you have in your mind what you're going to say. And then it's yeah. just, you feel like that guy about to ask that girl out, that hot girl. And you're like, you're like, what, the heck did he, what am I saying? I can't even understand what I'm saying. I'm like, I can't, my tongue is all over the place and, and you feel like an idiot. And it's so hard. Yes. I've been there. I've been there. When I was in Japan, I was doing a uh, weekly radio show, uh, disc jockey. So there was this really famous Japanese disc jockey, and then I was his sidekick. And uh, Johnny Mathis was in town, 
doing a concert. And so they had me go and interview Johnny Mathis. They said my face got so red. I was so embarrassed. I could hardly talk. I was so awestruck, you know. So I know that feeling when you just, you embarrass yourself with how tongue-tied you get and, and in awe of things, you know. I remember that. <laughs> and I think, you know, and it, but that's what but I always tell people to go up and talk because I said they're here because they yeah. want to be here and almost, not all of them, but the vast, the overwhelming majority yeah. of them are so nice and, and, and patient. Cause they know, yeah. cause they've been, especially if they've been to other conventions, they know, okay, what, this is what they're going through. And you know, they, they just got to work yeah. their way through and And they also know a lot of times how to help you get to that end thing to help work. Yeah. You. It, it's just, it's almost like when they're act, when acting, like they, they, they know the line you want to say and they'll help you get to there. Mm-hmm. So that way mm-hmm. it's a positive experience for everybody. One time we had a dinner for the fans and of course they had to pay. And one of the fans was a friend of a fan who was staying and had paid for dinner. And so he came up just to talk to his friend and then he was going to leave. And I, I caught on that he hadn't paid. So he felt he had to leave. And I said, no, 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 you stay. And I got another chair and I said, you sit right here next to me. And, and the three of us had the best of times, you know, because he, sh- he should be allowed to stay just because he didn't have the money or d- couldn't spend it or whatever reason. I just thought, no, you, you can stay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, everybody has different financial hurdles. And I know for Absolutely. some people, you know, like G-Fest, I've, one of my goals is to go to G-Fest one day. Um, but uh-huh. it's, you know, then, but if I go there, I got to travel then I got to pay for the hotel and then, you know, and yeah, it, adds, it yeah. adds up and then you go to the dealer room and then your wallet starts yelling at you. Don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that little angel on your shoulder that says, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. But there's such well, a good, cool King Kong or Godzilla statue. No, don't go there. Don't go there. And then, usually it's not an angel that's telling me that's my wife telling me that you don't need oh. that. <laughs> need had nothing to do with it. It's just like, where are you going yeah. to put it? You know, where are you going to put it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. where am I going to yeah. put it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you did do one American production that I know about. Oh yeah. My, yeah, three, my three sons. sons. Yes. Yeah. Season nine, episode 20, The Other Woman. Season nine. Let me write that down. I remember The Other Woman, season nine. Episode and I 20. Thought, oh, my God. I, now this is according, I'm making my. Now this is according to IMDb, so don't, don't you know, don't guarantee. I think you're truth. right. I know, I know the name definitely is The Other Woman because. I remember that. And I'm thinking, oh, great. I'm going to make my American debut as the other woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, great, great credit. Uh, funny thing about that is I never met one other person on, this, on the uh, cast. I was on a soundstage all by myself, sitting in a chair with a telephone in my hand. And that was all my scenes were talking on the phone, you know, and I never got to met meet any of them and I, I was excited. Oh, I'm gonna meet Fred McMurray and I'm gonna meet da, 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 and I didn't meet anybody. So. And, the, and the funny thing now, is the way I I was I read the description. The description says that they see you walking, I think it was with Robbie. Like they, they see Robbie walking with another woman. They they list your name 
and that's what leads to the whole thing. Uh-huh. But so there was no scene with you uh-huh. walking with Robbie. It's just you were always with the phone. No, that's right. That's right. No, no, no scene at all. And at the time, um, the story is uh, I went in 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 uh, audition for the producer. Ed Hartman, I think his name was. And he was just a real nice man. And he said, do you have your union card? I said, no, not yet. He says, okay, we're going to get you your union card. You're going to get this part and that will get you your union card. So that's how I became a member of Screen Actors Guild. But when I went to do that, there's already a Linda Miller. That's, you know, Jackie Gleason's daughter. So I had to change my name and I... I was, I'm very attached to my name. <laughs> so instead of being smart and saying, well, let's use my full name, Linda Joe Miller, they said, no, no, let's use Leslie Michaels. And so I'm billed under that as Leslie Michaels, even though it's really me. And I never liked that name at all. So my, my, I got my SAG card in the name of Leslie Michaels. And, and that was it. I mean, that, like for IMDb, yeah. that was your last credit you know, from back then. Yeah. Um, what happened after that? I mean, the thing is I was 20, I think 20, maybe by then I was 21. I was going to acting school and, um, going out on auditions and I did not like the atmosphere. Um, the business and well, not I didn't like, the atmosphere at all. Um, I felt, uh, you know, I was a very young girl, even at 21. I was not worldly or, you know, I lived all over the world. I was, I was just very innocent and young and I did not know how to handle what was being thrown at me. And I just had this sense that if I stayed in that business, I would lose my soul. That was before I even knew what my soul was, you know, Mm -hmm. And I, I just distinctly knew that I would get into trouble. I would lose myself. And I thought, I need, I need to stop this. And so that's when I hung up my, my shoes, so to speak. And I love acting. I missed acting. But I didn't like that part of it. In Japan, I didn't have any of that. I was, I was treated like a little princess in Japan. I mean, uh, well taken care of, protected. And in Japan, things were so safe anyway. So when I came here, it's like it it was ruthless and, you know, all the sexual stuff. I just said, I I, I can't do this. So I got out. I don't blame you. You know, there's a lot of people I know that started and get to L.A. and then they find out what it's like and they either move away and only go there to work or they just stop acting and moving and go to theater and, and go to different spots and, and do it that way or, or go to different lines mm-hmm. of, of different careers, mm-hmm. which you, which yeah. you've done, you said I, which you, is what I did, which you've started many different businesses. You said, what, what, any of them you want to talk about? Well, yeah, the first, uh, what I did was, uh, I'm trying to think, I think I was about, I was working after, after I did that, I did secretarial work. I, I, I worked at A&M Records for a while, which I really liked. And um, I did some scripts, um, not writing, but uh, typing. I typed manuscripts and stuff. And I, I did secretarial work because I'm a really good typist. And I have since I was in fifth grade. 
Um, but then I, I got a job um, as a loan officer for a finance company. And this, and I said, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So I went out and started my own company. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those things where I didn't think it through. I just said, yeah, I can do this. So I started my own company and I became a mortgage broker. And um, I did that from 77. And then I left LA in 95. So I did that for almost 20 years. And um, I, was per- I w- wasn't hugely successful, but I was successful enough that um, I was happy with my level of, of success. And then I, um, I left... I left LA in 95, continued to be a mortgage uh, broker, um, but for another company. And then in 2001, um, the fellow who owned the mortgage company I worked for invited me to come join him because he was building houses again. And so that's, you know, he and I have been partners since then doing that. So. And in my spare time, sometimes I'll make little videos for church and, and uh, I've got some, a friend that her son got married. And so I took all of their video and compiled it together and made, you know, put it all together and made a video for them for their wedding. So, oh. um, yeah. So, and then a friend of mine was doing a, uh, was directing a play. And so I helped him with that. Yeah. So, but business-wise, it was a mortgage broker, and then now we build houses. And obviously, you're doing well at it. And, and, and you know, I know when you and I talked before, um, before the interview, mm-hmm. this interview, we, I know you. one of your goals is eventually, I think, to go back to California because you just enjoy the climate so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, if, I, if, I, if money were no object in my life, I would keep where I'm living at right now. And I would, when I got the urge, I would go to California and stay until I didn't want to be there and then come back. You know, uh, I love to travel. I like variety. Um, you know, doing the same, that's why I liked acting. Doing the same thing every day, day in and day out is to me a grind. Um, and that's why I liked acting because every day was different. Even with what I'm doing now, every day is different because I'm designing floor plans and helping people pick out, you know, their counters and their cabinets and things like that. Uh, So there's some variety in it and it's somewhat creative, but I, I would love just to be footloose and fancy free (laughs) (laughs) and wouldn't we all? (laughs) I think so. I think everybody, the key thing though is everybody has enough money to make their ends meet and then with a little bit extra to cover stuff. And I think to me, if you're doing that, then you're doing fine. To, that way, if you have problems uh-huh. that come up, you have that that cushion. I mean, I think some people yeah. are just driven yeah. by money. They just want more, and then they get more, and then they want more, and then it's just and it's never enough. Yeah. And then that just takes you to a different a, a different spiral. Yeah. Well, my mom is very instrumental in teaching me how to save, even when I wasn't making any money. She, she, she didn't make me, but boy, she, my mother has a way of making me do things without making me do things. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> mothers are like that. So I, every, every paycheck would put a little bit away. And then the more I made, the more I'd put away. So when I left California, I didn't have to work for two years and I bought a house and I paid cash 
from my car. And so I, I was able to not have to work to survive. And, um, and, and I still do that now. I mean, I've got, I'm not, I, I have a, a cushion. So if something were to happen, I, I wouldn't be thrown out of my house or anything. And that's the key thing. Now, I want to get to something controversial between you and okay. I. Um, we, we, okay. We know there's a certain movie coming at the end of the month, Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh, yeah. And I know. Yes, you better be careful there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> now, yes. I think it's safe to say, because you and I are Facebook friends, and, um, and, and yes. you can follow you can follow Linda on King Kong Escapes, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that the, the Facebook site? That you have you have King Kong escapes, yeah. yeah Linda, Linda Miller King Kong escapes, I think is what it is. I'll put it in the show. I'm notes. looking it up right now. I think that. Okay, okay, that would be awesome. And that way, yeah. Pick. Please follow me, like me, do the whole shebang. But she is a big King Kong fan. Who who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Imagine that. Imagine that. And and for those that 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 know me know I'm a big Godzilla fan. So obviously we're, in, we're, we're, we're rooting for two different people here, two different people, two different monsters, two different creatures, two different Titans, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Neither one of us has seen anything, but maybe trailers in the movie. So neither one of us has seen any of the movie. We have no idea. What do you think is going to happen in this movie, Linda? And then I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's get it straight right from the. I think you know what would be really cool. They'd have an awesome, epic battle, and at the end, they embrace and walk off together. <laughs> That's what I think would happen. Wouldn't that be cool? And they Just go when have everybody a... has taken sides. Yeah, they, you know? At the end, they go have they go have some they go have some sake or some ba- or some berry juice, you know, whatever. Yeah, some <laughs> some some sushi and sake. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> but who, now, the director yeah. has definitively said that one will win you know, between the two of them. There will be one definitive winner. Well, then I think it's going to be Kong because Kong never dies. I mean, I don't care how many times he's died in the movie. He's never died. You know? So you think so it's going to be Kong? I think it's definitely going to be Kong. It's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be Kong. Because of his speed and, and his, his keen mind and, and that kind of stuff? Because he's got more heart. And, uh, he has more, uh, the Japanese words coming to me and that funny. He's got, he's got more, um, soul and, and desire to do right and, and to win. He, he's not a loser. That's all I can say. Kong is not a loser. Okay. So that means you're calling. End of story. Punctuation, exclamation. <laughs> <laughs> that means you're calling. It means you're calling my man Godzilla, my boy Godzilla, a loser, and uh, and uh, I think. Well, in this context, he's a loser because one has to win and one has to lose. So, since it's not going to be Kong, then your guy is going to be loser. But see, I still think that what's going to happen is they're going to confound all of us, and the and the two of them are going to go get a beer afterwards. You know. I mean, one big beer. I go down to local bar <laughs> and get a beer. <laughs> well, I, 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 I do agree with you in that aspect that they're both going to end up working together in the end because 
um, I, there's there's probably going to be I don't know like a Mecha Godzilla will come in the end, and the yeah, two of them will have to team up yeah, to battle. To battle them. Yes, yes. So yeah, I agree with you that they are, they are going to have to do a team up. Whether they're going to be frenemies when they do it or not. Yes, know. frenemies. Um, yes. I think I think Godzilla will probably knock down Kong and be and be the winner. But without Kong, he could not beat Mecha Godzilla. And then they're going to have that mutual respect at the end of the movie. And then both just kind of go their separate ways like okay you you stay you be you i'll be me and and that kind of thing i don't i don't think they're going to have a mm-hmm. beer at the end but i think they'll both respect each other <laughs> and just be like it's just not worth it <laughs> they're going to both bow respectfully to one another and off they go yeah <laughs> well that would be cool know, if they both bowed at the end yeah if they both huh? bow, if they both bow to each other at the yeah, end yeah wouldn't that be cool yeah i think that would be cool <laughs> Very cool. But I, you know, I bought a t-shirt that I was, because some friends and I were going to the theater to see it. So I bought a t-shirt that says Teen Kong and it's too big. And, you know, because you can't tell the sizes necessarily. So I thought, well, I'll buy an extra large, you know, in case they run small. And it's definitely an extra large. So um, when you see pictures of me at the theater, if I look kind of baggy <laughs> my t-shirt's too big <laughs> but it says team kong on it well, which i had no doubt you so. would be because i mean he was your leading man one of your leading men one of the love triangle from king kong yeah Escapes. yeah and he uh he's the one who set all this into motion in my life so how could i not be faithful to my love <laughs> so Linda, i'm gonna ask you are you willing to join yeah. Ben and Mikhail and I when we do a review of Godzilla versus King Kong? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to join us when we do that movie review to talk sure. about your thoughts in the movie? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be Definitely. awesome. In that way, one yeah, of us. It would be awesome. Uh, yeah, it'd be awesome because one of us is going to be mad. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, and I'm so sorry you're going to be so mad. You know, I'll be, I'll be nice. <laughs> I'll be nice to you. I promise. I won't. I won't say I told you so or anything like that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. You know, and uh, um, <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do. <laughs> I, I, th- I think. I think my daughter says Kong's going to win, and I think my son says Godzilla's going to win. So I think I'm, I might have them switched. I, I, I asked them this a couple weeks ago. Well, see, that's because Kong appeals to us females because he's always you know, protected us and taken care of us. So that has something to do with it. it, it that could Maybe. very well be true. That, that could well be true. And um, I, will, I, I told you this before the interview, there's a friend of mine, Alistair from New Zealand, and I told him I was going to be interviewing you, and we, we had different sides uh-huh. on this particular movie, and he, and he told me, that I was on the wrong side. So we know, so there seems to be a lot of, yeah. a lot of, a lot of love for the, the King Kong going on out there, uh-huh. which is starting to make me think my guy might be the underdog with the, with the fans. <laughs> well, you could be right. I I've been to New Zealand. I know this is totally off topic, but I've been to New Zealand and what an incredible country. Oh, I love it. Just, I just think it's an awesome country. What Alistair will do to me when we have a, sometimes we'll be um, doing FaceTime with each other. He'll take us and start, um, there'll be a couple of us at the same time as a little group. And he'll take us and show us around this out, what the view from outside his house looks like. And all of, all of our jaws are just dropping. It's just like, so, so picturesque. Oh, 
and how he goes yeah. sw- like it's, swimming in the ocean yeah. and all this fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's green. It's such a green country. And I remember when we were there and looking on the hillside, is just all this green with these little white dots of all the sheep, you know. And uh, people were great. The air quality was great. And especially if you're from L.A., you know, at least when I lived there, air quality was an issue. Uh, but the air quality is great, and it's just clean and looks pure and virginal, you know. It hasn't been tainted by mankind. I mean, I'm sure it has, but, you know, it, it's just an, it's an incredible country. And um, I, if I ever lived anywhere that's besides America, there's two places I would consider. One is Costa Rica, which I've never been, and the other is New Zealand. New Zealand is great. I think one of the one of the goals I want to do down the road, probably when my youngest is through college, is put some money aside mm-hmm. and just do a trip with my wife and go to New Zealand and just to just to experience. And and this yeah. and this is before I knew Alistair. I've I've always wanted to do a trip to there because it just I don't know. You you see pictures of it and you're just thinking it's it's almost like I gotta see this place. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. It it I had always wanted to go to Australia. Uh so I went on a cruise with my girlfriend and it we landed in Australia and then we flew to Auckland, New Zealand and got on a ship and did a cruise and uh, I was quite impressed with New Zealand. Uh her mom and her brother at one time on another trip had uh, rented a car and drove around the country. And it, it was a really incredible place. So for the New Zealand Tourist Bureau, that you're not, they're not sponsoring this, but obviously <laughs> we're helping you out. My address for that check is <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And if you want to get more support from both of us, send us yeah. free tickets to New Zealand. <laughs> Yes, yes. I'll give you great reviews and take pictures and post them. And <laughs> yeah, don't you and wish everything. it was that easy? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Linda, thank you for taking time to do this interview with me and oh, um, to let people know pleasure. stuff that's going on. I, I mean, you're, you're just a joy. Oh, thank you. I'm. J- I, I just love the attention. So that's what, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not such a nice person. I just love the attention. That's all. <laughs> I doubt that's true at all. <laughs> and a friend of a, 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 fr- a friend of mine would agree that I love the attention. <laughs> he always he always says you're an attention hog. <laughs> well, if I want the truth, I can always talk to your mom, and she'll tell us the unvarnished truth. <laughs> oh yeah, she will. She definitely will. My mom is incredible. My mom is too. She's um she's eighty. She turned eighty um earlier um last month. So it's um Oh great. That's great. Is she in good health? Yeah, well yeah, she's doing fine now and, and stuff like that. She's had health issues over the last you know, but right now she's mm-hmm. been doing pretty good and um we actually um rented out a movie theater for her for her eightieth birthday. Um do a private screening that Oh, way, I think I remember you Yeah. You mentioned something about that. That that was a beautiful gift. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the War of Grandpa because she likes those kind of movie, that, that kind of movie, and um, and, and she she was just uh-huh. so happy to actually 
hug somebody, to be with people during this time. And that's, that's, that's yeah. the part that's, that's missing, you know, and, um, yeah. And, yeah. and those kind of things. So it was just, she just had, it was just such an experience, you know, just to go. And she's like, oh, yeah. finally human contact, yeah, which is, which is what yeah, everybody's needing. Hallelujah. Everybody needs that. Everybody. That's for sure. All right. But again, thank you again for joining us and listeners. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're welcome. And and listeners, I'll put the, 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 in the show notes where you can follow, um, Linda Joe Miller, Linda Joe Miller, King Kong escapes on Facebook. I'll make sure the link is there so you can tap it and just go straight to it. And, um, you can follow along with her and, and she shares a lot of things. And when, when conventions start to open up, she'll start posting the stuff there and you can finally see her in person. <laughs> I, actually, I have a convention in May in Pleasanton, um, California. So far it's still on. So hopefully in May, I'll, I'll be back in California for a uh, convention. There you go. Think things are starting to, to open back up. Hopefully it will happen. I mean, you know, and um, so, so fans can get to see everybody again and, and get some of that experience, you know, of, of, of just, just yeah. getting the chance to talk and chat about different things. And for those that can't get to these different conventions, you know, hopefully this will sate your appetite to when you can. <laughs> But um, uh, thank everybody for listening and join us next week or next episode when we do another movie review or an interview. And please feel free to share and um, hopefully spread the word. Thanks.